Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, guys and girls. The program you are about to hear will be both fun and educational, but it is not a substitute for medical advice. Although we are doctors, we are not your doctors. Hello and welcome to Travel Medicine. As always, I'm your friendly neighborhood internal medicine doc, Dr. J. Yes, you are, sir. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to do the McMahon thing. Uh, this is Santosh, your pediatric infectious disease doc and researcher. And this is Dr. Ward. I'm your local ER doc. And usually, we tend to focus a lot more on the medicine part of travel medicine, but since we have reached summer and We've really neglected our travel a little bit lately when it's, we started so strong with yeah. our Witch Doctor interview. <laughs> um, I thought that this week we're just going to talk about travel, you guys. Ward and I have been jaunting about the world for about 10 years together now, uh, yeah, which is quite a while. Um, and I have been married <laughs> and taking and taking a very different kind of life journey. So this week, if you're looking for medical tips, you might want you know tune back in later. We I'm sure we are going to bring up some of those, but we're really just going to focus on what has helped us to have some of the very exciting vacations and experiences we have had. And Santosh is going to chime in as he has been our man on the ground, our mission control for several of these trips when things come up and he can also give us what it's like to travel with a spouse yeah it's a, it is a different experience spouse and child actually on my part i thought um, i was just shut up and don't say anything is that no absolutely not I mean, no where to start so how about just how do you choose someone to travel with i mean again you know Ward, I, I didn't even realize until we started planning this episode out that not only have you and I known each other for about a decade now, we've also gone on almost a yearly trip uh, since that time. We've been able to get together and do something internationally every year for the last 10. That's right. It all started with Thailand. Yeah, so a lot of this came just from an email, you know, way back in... In 2006, I was still in medical school, just a wee lad, <laughs> full of idealism and vim and vigor. Oh, so much vigor. So much idealism, too. On a power. Yeah, we were. And, We've hung on to was, quite a bit of it, too. And at that time, summer vacation was coming up, the last true summer vacation in the sense of having three months straight to do nothing that I would ever see again. I didn't realize it at the time, but I did figure, you know, it might be a while before I get all this free time. I should go on a vacation. And I've traveled by myself 
on and off, and it's a lot of fun, and I do recommend it, because let's face it, if you travel by yourself, you're much more inclined to start talking to strangers and meeting people and doing things that will give you a very different perspective on a country. But I had done that, and I wanted to see if I could get a friend to go with me, as I had really only traveled either by myself or with family to that point, both of which are great, but are very different than traveling with friends. I think you guys would both agree. Oh, completely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's when you're solo, the only person who you're responsible for is yourself. And that takes a huge burden off of your shoulders. And it allows for this freedom where you don't have to worry about anybody else's sensibilities. You can just say, okay, this is either my life at risk or what I want to do. It, the, the downside is, you know, you turn to be like, did you see that? Oh, oh, there's nobody. But, <laughs> but the upside is this incredible freedom. Yeah, and, you know, you also do make a lot of friends. Uh, for example, traveling by myself on one trip through Japan, I ended up meeting a wonderful kind of group of, I'd say, about two or three people just because I was in a restaurant and at a bar and started a conversation with the person next to me. And then they invited me back to a karaoke party. I met some other people at the karaoke party. And they said, hey, you know, what are you doing this weekend? And I didn't really have anything that I was up to. And they're like, well, we're driving down to this other part of Japan to do a festival. Do you want to come with us? And I said, sure. And we're going to gloss over some of the details, but I got involved in something called the Naked Man Festival <laughs> in Japan. All because I was traveling by myself and just willing to talk to people around me. And this particular experience was in the middle of February. It's a Shinto fertility ritual. Nice. Right. Part of it is you gather together with your team. And let me tell you, there are some hulking farm boys in Japan. <laughs> you, I know you're stereotypically thinking of them as a tiny people, right. but you go out to these these farm and fertility rituals, and it's like you're surrounded by Asian versions of the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> oh, okay. Very nice. <laughs> Please elaborate, but you mean like... Or, you know, the Incredible Hulk, as they like to call him. <laughs> I'm going to so, get an email about that. <laughs> Sorry. So we all gathered around me with these people I had met only a day or so before and had hopped into a car with. Now, again, Japan's a very safe country. You may not want to go on random road trips with strangers in other parts yes, of the world. Yes, yeah, this, this is, uh, yeah. But <laughs> here, here it was okay. You know, there was, there was an English teacher, there was a local businessman, and we all sat around and basically just got college levels of drunk. <laughs> mm-hmm. And nice. it had to be, because afterwards, they explained that as part of this festival, although it's called the Naked Man Festival, you would actually be wearing a sumo diaper. Right. Yes, yes. The, and, the classic sumo diaper. And they teach you how to tie it. And you actually had to pay for the privilege of having somebody help fasten it around you, which, let me put it this way. I I paid somebody 10 of my hard-earned American dollars to give me a wedgie. Oh, the kind of wedgie I used to receive for free <laughs> in high school. He really got in there, huh? He did. Nice. Because um, you don't want that kind of thing slipping down when you're running through the streets no, in the middle of February. No, you do not. February? As February, as February, February. Oh, February. Wow. Look up the Naked Man Festival in Japanese. It's called the Hadaka Matsuri. And you run through the streets with... Uh, women basically objectifying you. <laughs> Nicest way I can think of right. to put it. Right. Some of them get very aggressive about doing so. And it's not just catcalls. I think and it's only fair. I mean... It is, it is only fair. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying I objected to being objectified. Right. Right. I'm simply mentioning that it was a new feeling for me. Right. Girl power, right. Hillary Clinton. No. Hashtag... <laughs> so we we went running around, and we had to do three laps around this statue uh, and grope the statue, which was a statue of a woman. Again, it's a fertility ritual. Mm. And what I should mention is the statue was in the middle of a lake that went about ankle deep. So all I had on was ninja boots and a sumo diaper. Very nice. Okay. Thankfully, drunk enough that really couldn't feel much of anything. <laughs> okay. 
or maybe not uh, not thankfully <laughs> that's a dangerous well, thankfully at the time sure sure, sure. well can I, can I just say that um february japan gets cold right it yeah. was cold yeah yeah in cold weather was that flattering for the women Nobody looks good in a sumo diaper. No, okay. I, I think it okay. would be very difficult to pull that off uh, okay. as a look, right. like as a look. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we ran around, and at the end, we all ended up in a temple, and there I am huddled up with a bunch of these people feeling closer to them than I have to anybody in quite some time. <laughs> and you're crammed into this temple with at least several thousand other people, and it's just lit by candlelight. It almost looks magical. And at the last moment, at the stroke of midnight, the monks take these two sticks called shingi. And one is the fertility stick and one is the wealth stick. And they wait till the stroke of midnight. The candles are all extinguished and they throw them into the crowd. And the goal of this game is you want to grab one of those sticks and get with your team to a certain other point in the temple where you hand the stick back to a monk. And if you do, they give you a reward... Uh, which is around 100,000 yen or almost... Wait, no. It's 10,000 yen is 100 bucks. Okay. 100,000 yen is 1,000, if I'm doing my currency right. And your team will get essentially $1,000 US and a blessing from the monk for, shall we say, good mojo for the year. Nice. Wealth wealth and fertility. Which... But let me, put, let me posit this to you. Yeah. This wooden stick they they toss down. There's about seven thousand people competing for it. Oh. And and do you know where you can hide something if you're only wearing a diaper? <laughs> oh God. In your hands. No. Um, well, you try and hide it in your hands. Please tell me that the um, diaper has a pocket. And sometimes does the diaper have a pocket. It does not. Uh, sometimes you're holding the stick, saying, "Take it, take it. I trust you. You can stop grabbing there. There's nothing being hidden. Yeah. It's just I'm just American." <laughs> and you know that's the kind of experience you can have sure. if you travel alone. Mm -hmm. You're certainly not obligated to. But I said I didn't want to do that anymore. I wanted to travel with somebody. What did you learn from that experience, Josh? I learned that I should probably look up the names of festivals before I agree to go. <laughs> I will say this about that festival. I had a fantastic time. Yeah. I, made, I met a lot of people. I learned a lot about the country and myself, mm -hmm. but I would never do it again. I would absolutely recommend doing it once, sure. but once is enough. Yeah. Would you do it in your 30s or 40s? I would not do it in my 40s. I might do it in my 30s, but I would need to be, again, completely alone, so there's no <laughs> sense. Yeah, I, I would need to be just hammered. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm going to buy myself a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in choosing travel companions, I basically sent out an email that said, hey, I've decided I'm going to take a trip this year, I think, to Thailand. Who wants to go? And Ward and our ever-present mascot, Ko, both responded. <laughs> and the rest, as they say, is history. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? Well, you know what? I, I think a lot of being a good travel buddy or accountability buddy or just a good travel group is having a group of somewhat like-minded people with a similar idea. Well, but there is an exception, and I know Ko is going to get at us for mentioning some so often on this podcast without actually... He still doesn't even know. <laughs> Don't even worry He's about cool. it. But he is certainly not like-minded. And it seems like his... Like a little bit of adversarial atmosphere, a little bit of pushback, kind of adds some spice, if I'm not uh, mistaken, to the whole gumball. Oh no no no! But he is like-minded. He he oh, really? protests, okay. but and I think it's a Shakespearean play that says, uh, "Thou pro uh, he, my lady, thou, thou protest too protest much. Too much, yeah. Too much. I yeah. think I think he actually did like everything that Josh quote unquote made him do." <laughs> Like like going up to a ladyboy show and being a volunteer. Like 
Well, no, we volunteered. <laughs> and you know, to this day, he still bitches about it, uh-huh. but he never says he didn't have fun. Exactly. Really? Okay. You don't want yes men. You don't want somebody who's going to agree to everything you suggest. Sure, sure. Because then you might as well be traveling. So you do want someone who's going to have their own agendas, but you all want your agendas to pretty closely match up. Uh, for example, Ward is a lot more relaxed in general as a person. I'm much more, let's get up and see everything from the crack of dawn until the sun sets, get into every museum, sure. see all the cities. And then you know, past and, sunset if we can make it. Right. And Ward is much more like, you know, let's we're on vacation. Uh-huh. Let's sleep in. Let's pamper ourselves a little bit <laughs> and maybe do some camping and relaxing. And over the years... Now, when I when I plan trips, there's a pretty equal balance that shows up where it's, well, we're going to do a few days of running around seeing everything in the city, and then I've got the next morning devoted to, like, six hours of just fishing, sitting in a boat, staring at waves. Nice. I have, so you I have to say, uh, despite, um, despite Josh's lack of fishing experience from before, somehow when we go fishing, he always manages to catch something. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. I, I don't know how he does it. What on the mighty Zambezi River when we went when we just went fishing with a paint pole and a okay. piece of tied <laughs> to a rope. Somehow Josh manages to pull out some catfish. I don't even know what I'm fishing for. Ward is the outdoorsman. And that's the other thing. You want a, a good set of skills in your group. Yes, we all have our various medical skills, but Ward is definitely the outdoorsman. Co is our finance guy and always the one saying, well, are you sure you want to spend this? Are you sure you want to spend that? Right. And this is not to say every travel group needs someone who's going to be an accountant or be a programmer, be those. But you want different people who are going to bring perspective. So you want somebody who's really into nature. You want somebody who really loves the city. Mm-hmm. You want somebody who's a gourmet because that's how you're going to get that conflict you all want. It's like, well, let's go out to a fancy dinner and maybe somebody who's fanciest meal tends to be Panda Express or Chili's, <laughs> gets convinced gets convinced to eat in the Sydney Opera House. Oh, beautiful. That was a good experience. I, I will add uh, one skill set which I have found to be really, really wonderful if you can find one of these, and that is an amateur astronomer. My brother-in-law, who is a physician, he's infectious diseases, uh, but he's also an amateur astronomer. He brought his telescope with us when we were up in the Himalayas. And, you know, just this experience of looking up at the night sky and having that extra level of appreciation of being able to find constellations and planets and astral phenomenon and all these beautiful things, that is an awesome nighttime experience. Amateur astronomer, if you can get one. And talking amateur astronomer, I'm gonna I'm gonna make the bold claim right now that you should not leave the country without being able to identify bare minimum Orion. Right. It's an easy constellation to find. Or for our friends in the Southern Hemisphere, the Southern Cross. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's true. So even if you're lost, you should be able to use some old timey navigational techniques to to find your way back wherever you're from. Another travel tip, don't feel obliged to be together all the time. Yeah, if you're going to travel with friends, travel with friends, but you're friends. You're not, you're not married, and Santosh, maybe you can comment on yeah. this later, but you don't have to spend every waking moment together. Again, when we were in Australia, uh, I tried to convince Ward to go with me to fly an F-16 fighter jet. Nice! And there was a group of four of us, and we did. We got to go and sit in the cockpit of F-16s and do barrel rolls and loops, and for whatever insane Uh, reason... you said, uh, we have to get up at 7 (laughs) a.m. Oh, that's... There's your kiss of death. Yeah, so Ward opted to take surfing lessons that day, and, you know, we could have had a big fight about it and say, no, you're doing this, you're doing... Or you could have done what we opted and just said, all right, well... Enjoy your surfing, mm-hmm. and I'll tell you about it when we come back, and we'll see which one of us can have the more fun day. And you get to have a little competition over dinner about each person trying to top the other with stories. So, Josh, what did you get to see? I got to sing Danger Zone at the top of my lungs <laughs> while doing barrel rolls. 
with a- and loop the loop. Um, <laughs> while in the other jet, we heard Crystal, who is on the radio, uh, quoting Star Fox. Oh, nice. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, wing awesome. damage. Well, I hope she didn't say wing damage. That would well, yeah, we, we were not actually flying. We were passengers in the jet, but we still got to do all the fun tricks. It was great, and to me, well worth giving up sleep. Oh, I, yeah. I, on the other hand, uh, got to be sit on a surfboard, and I was dragged out to sea by a gorgeous Australian surfer, <laughs> and <laughs> I didn't even have to paddle. He pulled me out to sea. <laughs> sure he did. I'm sure he did. And uh, and I, I just let the ocean waves take me back to the ocean, uh, back to the beach. All right. I don't know. I think that's a tie. That's a wash. <laughs> that's pretty, and, you know, pretty equal. I, I have to say, as a neutral third party, And in terms of enjoyment, I would agree. You know, objectively, people may say this was cooler or that was cooler, but in terms of what we each got out of the activity, I'd agree it was a total wash. Yeah. Very enjoyable, yes. So, you know, if you're traveling with people, don't feel obliged to be together all the time. That said, one thing we consistently say every time we travel is, you know, go if possible with an even number of people because the accountability buddy system works. Oh, that's key. If you're with somebody, and Ward, what is the accountability buddy system? Because I, I could probably talk it to death. <laughs> well, <laughs> the accountability buddy system is basically when you have a large group of people, sometimes people tend to, you know, we can't keep track of five or six people at all times. You designate one person one person to be your accountability buddy and you know who that person is like you know when you show up on a trip you just know who that person is and uh that person especially when we're going to naturey or places where you know people tend to get dispersed that person is to stay with you more or less the entire time so that god forbid if anything untoward exciting happens there's another person there to back you up and that's the backup that's super important Right, someone who can say, who can talk to the police, who can, or who can enable you, yeah. who if you're not sure you should do something, say, you know what, yeah, let's, let's go do it, let's try this out, because I'm with you, you're not alone. Now, importantly, your accountability buddy does not have to stay the same through the whole trip. Mm-hmm. You know, some people, you may have one person who you really like doing nature stuff with. You may have, you may have one person who... You really like to see museums, and it may not be the same person. The The point is you should always have at least one buddy who can keep an eye out for you. Yeah, think, and... Oh, oh sorry, sorry. Go ahead, Ward. Well, well in, in Africa, for example, it was super important to have an accountability buddy on the account of we were camping in the middle of the Maasai Mara. And, you know, we were in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the night, and when you go to the bathroom... It's a quarter-mile hike from our campsite through hyena and lion country and elephant country, really, to go to an outhouse that's half a mile away. And on your way, at 3 o'clock in the morning, on your way to your bathroom, and you have your headlights on, you see in the fields little glowing eyes just looking at you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Um, and they're not singing Hakuna Matata. And they're they're just, not. They're, they're most not. certainly not. And they are. All eyes are fixed on you. And that's when you know. Oh gosh, it's really nice to have someone with me walking to the bathroom. And that system worked. I think um, our our friend Co had an accountability buddy system. And the only time when he didn't go with an accountability button buddy was when he got charged by an elephant. Oh dear. Sure. Sure, and he he encroached on an elephant's personal space. Oh, that's a large personal space. Well, when those ears are flapping, you know (laughs) it's time to back down. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, bring, have an accountability, whatever you want to call them. We like accountability buddy because it's fun to say. It's your buddy (laughs) who is accountable for knowing where you are. They don't have to get you out of trouble, into trouble, but it's at least one person who 
knows what's going on so you don't disappear suddenly. Off into the brush, yeah. And I will say there's one other amazing advantage of accountability buddy. I don't know if you guys went to this particular level, but pre uh, pre-game, I should say, before leaving for your destination either from the United States and going out or once you're out where you are but you're off to the wilds of you know the jungles of Thailand from your hotel room they're the ones who go through your pack with you and say okay do you did you remember to bring your sunscreen did you remember to bring band-aids did you remember to bring XYZ oh sure can I give a plug to um, accountability in terms of haggling Oh, haggling, yes. Oh, my God. So what's up with haggling? So haggling is a team sport, I can tell you that. And um, it's all about it's all about outwitting and sometimes exhausting your opponent. <laughs> and it's really good to have a friend with you because you can play bad cop, good cop. And, and conversely, you can have play the game of just exhausting your opponent by having someone like Ko throw out numbers. <laughs> and sometimes oh, you need that. that's not fair. It isn't, but we got such good deals. And sometimes, sometimes when we were in India, uh, it helps to have a person, kind of like when you're on a date, you need a rescue phone call. Right? Oh, okay. It's kind of nice to have a person to give you a an out. Like, hey, Santosh, um, your wife is calling. Let's go. When you're oh, about to purchase that overpriced, you know, rug or, you know, elephant head or whatever it is you're about to purchase. <laughs> elephant <laughs> And, you know, the, the real key to haggling with a partner is to have code phrases that, you know, let the person know, no, I'm going to actually buy this or I need you to get me out. And one of our favorites is we always fall back and when it's time to bail we're like Kelly Clarkson if at any point if at any point during the during the haggling process they're like well you know I'm not sure what my friend Kelly Clarkson would think about this or I I just kind of am having a Kelly Clarkson moment you know it it, it doesn't have to make sense to anyone it, but as long as you have whatever your passphrase is, then if I hear that, I know, oh, you know what? They need extraction. Or if I hear them say whatever passphrase we've agreed on is, listen, when I'm ready to buy it and I don't, you know, I don't care what it is, I'm going to buy it regardless, it, is, it does send a very subtle thing. And it's a lot better than poking or saying, are you sure, are you sure? So agree on passphrases with your friends ahead of time. And this can also apply if you're trying to pick somebody up in a foreign country or, you know, should I let you? Is this a warning? Um, having a set of codes that you have just within your friends can Look, work very well. This is one thing I learned in Africa. Lions don't hunt by one. They, it's a team effort. <laughs> it takes a village. It does. <laughs> it does. I will actually chime in here to say there might be some of you out there listening right now going, oh, what is this, you know, teammate for haggling and that kind of a thing? And you guys were following us up until we said extraction because you, I'm, I'm sure many of you out there can understand trying to get the price down. Why would you need extraction? Well, believe me, if you've never been to Southeast Asia or some of the markets in or South, South Asia. Africa, but yeah, South Asia even, <clears throat> you are dealing with some aggressive salespeople. Uh, if you've never had the experience of being chased down the street with merchandise in hand by a salesperson who's wholeheartedly abandoned their store to chase down the rich American buyer, you have not lived. <laughs> we Or when we were trying to cross the border from Zambia into Zimbabwe and one of the women came up to Ko and said, here, you look nice, here's a gift, hands it to him the second he's trying to cross the board. She's like, hey, you didn't pay for that. And he's like, what? You said it was a gift. No, no, I never said it was a gift. You need, again, a buddy who can back up and right. say, listen, you know, he doesn't want this gift. Don't take it. Um, we're not interested. Right. And uh, one other great buddy system to use 
is in India in particular, which I think all three of us know, is negotiating prices on things like transportation. When you're getting into your auto rickshaw, and this is probably true in Thailand as well, I, I definitely got duped by this, is the rickshaw driver coming up to you or you get into their car or into their rickshaw and they say, oh, you want to go there? No, 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 no. Let me take you over here. It's totally cool. Let me take you here. Well, those guys are being paid by either a hotel or a store to bring customers in. And if When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. You don't have your accountability buddy and you're just a single traveler. That person may the hell abduct you <laughs> and then insist that you pay them their fare to land you at a jewelry store so that that driver gets some props and now yeah. you're just stuck at a jewelry store far away from the place where you wanted to go. That's a bad feeling. Yeah. yeah. But you know what? We were instead handed... Um, Tons and tons of just porn. Like they, they were, the rich car drivers kept camping us porn. And when we said no, we almost felt bad for him. He just he looked up and he just turned his head down and looked at the ground. He was like, "Oh, I guess you guys don't want this." <laughs> well, to yeah. Me- so you know, don't be afraid to hurt people's feelings. No. It's it's okay to say you are not interested. You don't want it. Don't get forced into something. Yes, absolutely. Stand your ground. It's it's very good in this case to stand your ground. I will say, in defense of the rickshaw drivers, uh, Ward, if you've never seen him before, he looks like a person who you'd give porn to. Again, you know, having having a buddy is a big big tip. Uh, Santosh, we've been talking about accountability buddies. How about an accountability an accountability spouse? Yeah. What's it like traveling <laughs> with? With someone you're married to, how does that change the relationship? Yeah, so I I'll go with two uh, instances, and it's going to be early marriage before kids, and it's marriage after kids because these are two very different beasts. So marriage before kids, when you're a young couple and you're very fit, and you know you're even to the point where you're married, but you're still kind of dating. You know, you're still trying to impress each other and, oh, yeah, I can totally do that and that kind of a thing. This is a bit of a different beast. This is a great time when I think it's no different from you having your best friends to travel with. Uh, Except for your best friends might bail on you, but your accountability spouse will always say yes. Because, you know, you want to spend time with each other and hang out and you're kind of... You know, you're a little stupid over each other, which is fantastic. So that early phase, I would say try as many of the things together as you possibly can, things that you wouldn't have tried previously because you didn't have somebody to watch your back um, at someplace like an aggressive market or, you know, out in the wilds of the Serengeti or something like this. After kids... Accountability buddy is about saving the life of your child time and time again. <laughs> Just what do we have to do to keep this little creature alive? <laughs> so it is a lot much more of a safe atmosphere. You can't go on a lot of the very adventurous stuff where you risk getting injured or sick. You have to pull it back quite a bit and you two are 
passing back and forth on on taking care of the child. I, I, I will say early on, when the child is really small and immobile, it's a little bit more fun because that child cannot protest. And a lot of the time they'll fall asleep. So you can go on long trips and, and things like safaris where you're just in a Jeep and that, that little baby will just rock in its little shaded uh, baby carrier and just chill out while you guys can adore the scenery. As they grow older and they're mobile, got to save their lives all the time because they will try to die. Oh, well, just the, here's a, just the tip, I think, or, you know, a medical tip. I'm going to pepper something in. Between the ages of one month and three months, you should probably not, that ki- not let that kid out anywhere. No, no, that is, that's definitely a cocooning phase. Yeah. That's a cocooning phase. So, I mean, they have no immune system. So, right. um, they have not um, been immunized against anything. You can't right. immunize them against anything. Right. And what's, what, would, what would you say would be the earliest uh, you, you would take your daughter out on a trip? I actually love right after one year of age... About two or three weeks right after a year of age here in the United States, they've been immunized really well against diphtheria, tetanus, pertussis, haemophilus influenzae B. They've, and now with growing worry about measles, mumps, and rubella around the world, they've been immunized against that. And they're old enough to receive vaccines that they have not received before at around one year of age, uh, and, and that they would be eligible for for things such as perhaps yellow fever, although I have to double-check on that one. So they can get protective travel vaccines, and there are certain prophylactic antibiotics which they can now take to protect them against things like malaria. Um, so these are all things they're old enough where they're out of a big danger zone if they get diarrhea and vomiting they're less likely to become dehydrated they can communicate with you just a little bit so that if you know they they hurt you can actually evaluate them so after about a year is a fantastic time two years is even better and then after that you ha- it's, it's great to travel with them, but you do have to protect them all the time because they will run off into the bush. First chance they can get. They will turn into Mowgli. So let's talk about a little bit about how to pack because certainly we've come, and everyone's going to have their own system, but we've learned a few very valuable things along the way in terms of what to pack and how to pack it. Uh, first off, if you're traveling, for example, our trips tend to last two or three weeks. I'd say we're, we're coming closer on the two weeks as time goes on, but we used to do three. For a three-week trip, you're going to pack about a week and a half of clothing. You're not going to need three weeks of clothing. Take advantage. A lot of hotels will have laundry services. Use them. Same thing. Hotels also will have shampoo. They'll have soap. They'll have various toiletries. You don't need to have crest or be zestfully clean. <laughs> so, in fact, it's a bit annoying if if you are a super super clean freak in a lot of these instances. Right. This doesn't mean be unhygienic. It just means figure every shirt is going to be worn a minimum of of two times. You know, don't worry. Don't think you're going to wear your twelfth favorite shirt but you might wear your sixth favorite shirt twice. I Um, will suggest, I don't know if you guys had or have the budget to actually get something uh, which is a a clothing choice with some wicking or sweat-resistant, this type of thing. These are very helpful, but they tend to be on the pricier side. I think I bought something that was... um that was quick dry, and that came in very handy in both, well, in well, in places where we went with warm weather. So you know, you can just actually go to the sink, give it a quick rinse, um, a little bit of shampoo, and then just hang it up with some you know um, clothespins, and that was very helpful. 
Right, and then it's dry the next day because it's you're in a sweltering, day. hot, yeah. uh, tropical environment. We are, by the way, talking most of the time about going to tropical locations because that's the large amount of our experience. Right, we don't tend to do a lot of Europe travel yet because we like being very active. We've all been there. Um, I would say also in terms of what you're packing, I'd, I'd agree with the wicking. I would say never bring more than one fancy outfit. And <laughs> even by fancy, I'm not talking about dinner. I'm saying bring a pair of khakis and a nice button-down, or if you're a lady, a dress. Or, you know, hey, you can bring khakis and a nice button-down too. I'm not here to judge. <laughs> but this will... Something that you can wear if you're going into religious buildings, if you're going to try and get into a club that might have a dress code or a fancy restaurant. For example, Ward. I remember in Australia, you and Co. literally got thrown out of a restaurant because you had pants sealed with duct tape. Oh, the, dear. Oh, my gosh. In the area. And just having a single nice pair of clothing keeps you pretty prepared for any eventuality, but you should never need right. more than one nice pair. Because I was dressed particularly bad. I mean, I don't think you needed anything really fancy. I think any, if I had gone in with shorts that were, didn't have silver duct tape in the, uh, <laughs> in, the, can I show, in the middle zipper area, I think it would have been fine. Yeah. 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 So, you know, pack, pack about half the clothes for if you're going to be gone for two weeks pack for one week if you're going to be gone for four weeks pack for two never pack more than half of the actual length of time that you're going to be gone i'm always a fan of saying fold your clothes don't roll them why because rolled up clothes take up more volume if your clothes are folded they're flat you can get much more in and it's a lot more like playing tetris if you roll up and crumple socks and underwear and all these things it's just you lose valuable space. You can push down uh, folded clothes and even fold your dirty laundry when you're ready to pack to go home because, again, packs a lot better. Ward and I also have both taken to following the discard method of oh, traveling, yes. which is all those, all those old shirts you haven't quite been able to part oh, yeah. with, the <laughs> gym shirt from high school or some ratty-looking thing. You know, you don't need to look nice every day. You're on vacation. And if these are shirts... If you're going to pack for, again, you pack for the two weeks, but you bring clothes that you can leave behind. You don't want to wash it? Fine. Leave it for the next person to discover. Donate it along the way, and that opens up even more space for you to bring souvenirs when back. When are you ever going to wear so that Prom 98 shirt? I mean, come on. <laughs> All of you who have, you know, Trump or Hillary or Bernie shirts this year, these would be great things me, well, depending on your yes. candidate and what yes, country you're going to. Exactly. Um, uh, these would be great things to take on travel and then leave behind in the country because, let's face it, once the election's over, you're not going to be carrying them around yeah. again. This is a nicety to have, but it's a necessary nicety. In, when we were traveling in Africa, you know, today in the States, we're, you know, we're all digital. We, we use social media. We, that's how we connect. But it's when we were in Africa, it was very nice to actually have envelopes and business cards, like old school, written down, something you can hand out. And especially if you want to keep in contact with people who are traveling from other countries and who you know may not may or may not have the time to write down your look yeah, you look up you on, on Facebook. Facebook. They might not have the data plan, you know. Yeah, so we we bring business cards. We actually bring business cards for the podcast <laughs> yeah. these days. Thanks, Ward. <laughs> because we are shameless promoters. But having a business card is a great way to maintain contact with somebody. It just needs to have name, address, email. You can even put your Facebook page address on there so people can find you again. And we have managed to keep in touch with a load of people that we've met on our previous trips, and we actually stay with people that we've met on our previous trips. Um, another thing I'm going to tell you in terms of packing, never pa unless you are a very, very avid reader, don't pack more than one book to read along the trip because you really should be out doing things. And if all of the people in your group pack one book, you can swap them around. No matter how much you think you're going to sit there and spend all this time catching up, it's not that likely. Yeah. And you can also buy books in airports. You can buy books in bookstores in the country. And again, leave them behind. Let somebody else enjoy it. 
These are not things that you're going to put up on a shelf to collect dust and impress people. It's to keep you amused during your trip. So everything really should be aimed at being disposable. As much as possible, absolutely. Now, I will say for your toiletries, uh, running by your local Walgreens and getting the small throwaway toothpastes and all those kind of thing, that is very, very nice to have just on the uh, the trip in and the trip out. And remember to always keep that little pack with you. Never, ever, ever put that in your checked-in suitcase because the chances, especially going to these remote areas, of being left with nothing but your carry-on backpack is pretty high. Those those little throwaway single-use toothbrushes and toothpastes and little tiny throwaway one-use deodorants and I, I do, do you guys go for the wet wipes, the hand the handy wipes? I, I try not to litter too much. I know those things are No, better. I bring packages I bring many packages of tissues because they serve multiple right. functions. It is you can blow your nose, you can use it as a napkin, it can serve as emergency toilet paper, yeah. you know, it's I think those are much, much better than the, the wet wipes. That we've been having a bit of a crisis of the wet wipes in the environment lately been because they say flushable on them, but these things do not degrade. Uh, the, the wet wipes, can, if you're camping or if you're out in the wilderness for a while, they can come in handy. Right. But that's just cool. about it. Yeah. Now, one of the last things I'll say in terms of packing, and then we can maybe start wrapping up, is a travel journal. Oh, yes. And you may, you may already be saying, I'm not going to write, I don't want to keep a diary, I'm going to remember all these great things, and I'm just going to tell you, stop you right there and say, you're not. You're not going to remember that hilarious interaction with a local character or the off-the-beaten-path dining spots. <laughs> I mean, you may hold on to a couple of them, but the best thing you can do is get yourself a travel journal, and this is not making it like an entry, like, Dear Diary, today we saw this and then this yeah, and Yeah, it doesn't that. have to be so. So I'm going to give you... <laughs> And I have been doing this for years and years, and I finally have gotten most of my travel group into doing this in some form or another. And we do go back and find all these great stories. So I'm going to give you a couple tips for how to keep a travel journal that you will actually go back and use and enjoy later. Um, first off, buy a journal that's going to lie flat when opened. Buy like a small Moleskine notebook. If Actually, if you have an Asian market near you going into like a Kinokuniya bookstore, they usually will have a ton of these tiny little just unlined, unmarked pages. And buy a journal that's going to lie flat when opened. If you want to fill in prompts like the destination, the date, where you're staying in case you ever decide to go back or if people ask you, hey, where did you go? What did you do when you were there? In fact, that's how, when we went to Peru, that's how we know where we ate guinea pigs. So if anyone ever asks me where to eat a guinea pig, I can just go right back, open up and say, you know what, here. And I don't need the street address. You can just ask the hotel, oh, we heard this name of a restaurant. Maybe ask for it to be prepared this way or this waiter. It makes it a lot easier to reference. Some people like writing in multiple colors. That seems unnecessary to me. If you're that kind of person, great for you. Always have a pen I'm a left-handed person, so pencils don't work for me. But carry a pen, at least one. Because, again, if you want to get information, maybe that hot Australian's number who towed you to the beach, uh, have something down that you can write it with if you don't have a business card to hand out. I laid there like um, an injured also, seal. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the don't be afraid. Ever. <laughs> I, just, uh, I was just towed out. <laughs> Don't be afraid to ask whoever you've met to make a little entry into it. We've had sh we've convinced shopkeepers to dance with us. We've had I've had one or two people write their stock tips <laughs> or who they think is going to win the election in my journal. I've had them write, you know, welcome to the country. You know, treat it like a yearbook. Yeah. You do go back and look at your yearbooks on occasion and ask for you know, people you meet. Now, this does not mean harass them and say, will you sign my travel journal? It just means if you happen to have a real connection with somebody, ask them to intervene. Um, use the best adjectives you can think of. Don't hold back. That annoying guy at the train station wasn't just a bastard. 
He was a smelly bastard. And what did he smell like? Skunky cologne, rotten tomatoes, Asian cigarettes. You're going to look back and be like, what the hell does an Asian cigarette smell like? And you will be able to talk with friends and try and figure out what those mean. Use adjectives and whether it's complimentary, whether it's insulting, go to town. Uh, well, you know, uh, if you're not somebody, mm-hmm. I, w- I was just reading my, so I wasn't into it until I was, when I was in Zambia and when, you know, when the sun sets and you're in your, in your, in your little hut, there's not that much to do. So everybody had their little journals out and I, I got peer pressured into doing it and I, I'm reading my journals now and gosh, there is no way I could have remembered that. In today three, the, the four of us, we synchronized our sleep schedules and as well as our fart schedules. We all started <laughs> farting at the same time in the middle of the night. Um, or, And the reason we know that is because the one insomniac member of our group made a special point of telling us, do you know you guys all farted at exactly 2 a.m. three days ago? <laughs> <I don't remember. laughs> or I'm reading this. Um, uh, um, we met a – look, We our first day in Zambia was a packed day, fishing in the morning – met with a guide who was a stoic ex-police officer, and after two beers, he warmed up and told us his life story. And our other traveler was a Brit named Jim, who was a geologist who traveled the world in his Land Rover across Africa with his fiancée. And if you're still listening to the show, Jim, because we gave you a business card, hello! Hey, <laughs> nice to hear from you. Pouring our beers into the mighty Zambezi to appease the gods. And uh, as a result, Josh caught two fish. <laughs> Yeah, I got I got the alcoholic yeah. <laughs> bit. Um, and now, if you're not if you're not a big writer, because some people still I know are on the fence about this, that's okay. Get an online journal and add things in it. Put the ticket from that museum you went to, or the receipt from that restaurant that you found so amazing, and circle what your favorite dish was. Uh, take a a small map, those road maps you in every single tourist store and unfold it, put it in the journal, and put little dots or circles into places you visit. And that gives you a visual representation of where in the city you've been. And you said, look, uh, I put a red dot here and here and here and here. It turns out I've covered this whole half of the city. So put a small map in the front or back cover like that. And, you know, you know, don't be afraid to steal from guidebooks. You're not trying to publish this. Plagiarize all you like if it helps you remember. Yes, you, you don't have to be trying to write the next great American novel. Just put something in there. And this is backed up by a good amount of science that everything that we write down stores in our memory so, so much better. I will say that if you go to any place where you have been ridiculously high or drunk, it is especially useful to have this little guidebook as what the hell did I do last night? And years later, you can still look back and be like, oh, that's what happened when I was completely plastered. If None of this is appealing to you guys, and you are of a audio medium rather than a writing down. There are, in this day and age, a wonderful number of waterproof and kind of indestructible little voice recorders, which you can also take out there. Um, Or, in some cases, you can use your phone, but a lot of the time... Those things aren't waterproof, weatherproof. So you can even switch over to a little voice recorder where if you have thoughts going on, you can just flip it on and talk into it with the caveat that, you know, just like if your handwriting's crappy, you won't be able to read it later. If the You know what? All you future Kirks and Picards yeah. out there, keep a captain's log. <laughs> the important thing is to get is to get those memories down and then Trade them with your friends at the end. Now, when we call up, I can talk to Ward and say, hey, you remember when we did this? And he's like, no, but it's written down, so it must have happened. If you, if, and if you're lacking for something to read, I can now hand Ward my travel journal from previous ones and, hey, take a look at my perspective on some of our previous trips. Right. And I can read his. Right. And uh, when you get to meet people who did not go on that trip with you, but who are thinking about going on trips, and you may not be able to relate everything that you did 
or anything like that. Now they have an idea journal, and you, you have something palpable which you could even maybe hand to them or give them a copy of and say, just do this. Just follow this. But don't take it too seriously again. It's not the great American novel. Write a few sentences. This morning, went fishing. Poured beer in river, caught drunken <laughs> fish, learned that our boat guide was a former cop. Done. That's yeah. it. You don't need to... You'll remember it based on that. That will mm-hmm. trigger it enough. But you just add those yeah, details. Yeah, you'll be like Ratatouille. And you'll go back. Just reading that, I feel like I'm back on the Zambezi now. <laughs> yeah, so I would say let's close out with, you know, we've covered what to pack, what to bring in terms of travel journals, books. Um, what is one tip you would say if if they ignore everything else? What is your favorite travel tip that you would give to listeners? Okay, so I'll be the boring medical one. And I'll say if you're going to an exotic locale, especially if you're going to be out in rural or jungle desert-like places that your body's certainly not used to, I will be the boring one and say, please, please do your homework ahead of time. Go to the CDC Yellow Book and look up your local friendly travel medicine specialist. And there's plenty of them around. Give them at least six weeks advance and get all of your shots, medications, and your travel advice lined up ahead of time, given to you by an expert, so you can plan your trip accordingly. Uh, I would say travel with a good head on your shoulders and travel with good people. I can't, um, I can't emphasize that enough. And um, uh, I am very grateful for the travel buddies that I've had over the years. And uh, the accountability buddy system is just... It's key. And mine would be take a risk. Go outside your comfort zone. You know, let's say you know you do not like a certain kind of food and you've tried it and that's fine. But maybe take a cooking class on how to prepare it. Mm -hmm. All right? Let's say you can't stand Indian food. That's fine. Don't eat it. Take a class. Learn how to make it. And if you still don't like it, you just made dinner for somebody. Give it to the first person you meet on the street and say, here, I made this. Um, go to somewhere, you know, take that trip to a snake farm if you're afraid of reptiles and look at them safely behind glass. Do something that makes you uncomfortable and then write it down so you remember it. That's beautiful. And if you, and if you don't write it down, your friends will take pictures of you. Um, <laughs> and the remind- yeah, you'll notice none of our tips, none of our tips or trips, had anything to do with pictures because the memories will last. And let's be honest, in this day and age, no one has photo albums anymore. It'd be great if you could, and we'd recommend it. But realistically, you're going to snap three thousand photos, and then probably only look at twenty of them, maybe once a year later. And it's not always, you know, take the pictures, but. Enjoy the trip. And if you'd like to see some of our trips, you can go to the Travel Medicine YouTube channel. The links are in the show notes. And see the music videos, which are about three minutes made up of 10-second clips from every activity we did in a country with whatever fun song we had dubbed on. And it's a lot more fun than making people look through all of your individual photos. And you'll go back and you'll watch it on YouTube (laughs) later again as well if you do it yourself. So make movies, have memories. Don't worry so much about pictures. Worry about having a good time. I think that wraps up our, our travel special episode. So as always, we love to hear your feedback. Leave us messages. You can reach us on Twitter, on Facebook, on our Squarespace page. We now have a Patreon page. So if you would like to help fund the show... It is free and always will be, but we would love your support if you want to give us any ongoing monthly donations. And we do have a bunch of rewards connected with those donations. Links are in the show notes. Our theme music is composed by Rachel Leisure. And we are looking for you to start submitting your travel stories. We want just the tips provided by you, our listeners. For now, message us on Twitter, on Facebook. Within the next month, we will have a Google Voice number set up so you can call into the show and we can start taking 
Oh, can I give a shout-out? Uh, I'll give a shout-out to one of our loyal fans and who's been giving us feedback about uh, doing more travel episodes. Jason Wanakot, thank you for letting us know. That brings this episode to a close, and until next time, as always, happy travels. travels. on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.